Hey Jazz fans, this is Jack Hamblin, and you are listening to Utah Jazz Weekly, a podcast for every fan of the Utah Jazz. Every week I have a ton of fun writing and recording these episodes for you guys, and of course I love talking about the Utah Jazz. If you guys would like, you can leave a rate and review on this podcast. That would really help me out a ton. Now, without any further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to Utah Jazz Weekly. I hope you all had a great week of jazz basketball and a great week of everything else going on. Um, It was a great week of jazz basketball, and we were supposed to have four games this week, one postponement, which is just fine. But other than that, we went 3-0 this week, and we are now standing at third in the West, and a lot of improvements to talk about this week, and still a couple little things that the jazz could do to improve, but mostly positive, positive things to say on the podcast this week, so... We can, we're going to look at all three of the games that were played this week, and then we're going to look ahead. We have three more games, um, three games this last week, and then three more games this week that are going to be played. So let's just go ahead and jump into it. I'm really excited for this one because there are so many positive things to say about the Jazz so far. So the first game of this week was on Tuesday against the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the Jazz won that game 117-87. to and again, this week was, and this is a common trend we're going to see this week, is just all-around good play from nearly everybody on the team, and we are becoming a very high-chemistry team, and you can see that increasing in every game, and that's just something that I hope is going to get better through the season. But in this game against Cleveland, um, Donovan had 27 shooting 9 for 15 from the field and 5 for 7 from 3. So he was kind of in a rut as far as shooting from 3 went, and it kind of goes up and down. But this game was a really good 3-point shooting game for Donovan and for the whole team. Boyan went 4 for 6 from 3. Conley went 3 for 6. Clarkson went 5 for 9. Oni went 2 for 4. And Niang, who we are definitely going to be talking about a lot in this podcast, went 2 for 4 as well. So really great defensive game for the Jazz. Um... This game, of course, it was an awesome one to see, and um, it was awesome to see us win by 30 like we did, but the Cavaliers were really um, depleted as far as their roster went and injuries went, so it was definitely a game we should have won by this much because they did not have anybody substantial on court for their team, and I'm glad we came out and played the way we should. Um, But again, this wasn't exactly a game where I was like, oh, the Jazz are going to be playing this way every night. We're going to be shooting 53% from three every night and blowing opponents out by 30. It's just because the Cavaliers were so depleted. That definitely had to do with our win. So it was a great win for the Jazz. Um, Oni had three blocks and Favors had three blocks. So some really great performances from them. And we had all of our all of our guys that usually don't get minutes get five to six minutes at the end. And so that was really fun to watch them play as well. So... That was a great game for the Jazz this last Tuesday, and then on Wednesday we were supposed to have a game against Washington, which did not happen due to Washington's contact tracing for the virus, so they couldn't end up playing against us. So then the Jazz headed home early to play Atlanta on Friday, and this was also a very great game for the Jazz. Um, It extended our win streak to four games, and we have beaten some really great teams like the Clippers and the Bucks which are both top two seeds in their respective conferences. So that was really great. And then this Hawks team is a pretty good team, especially much improved from past years, and they didn't really have that many injuries. So this isn't the same case as the Cavaliers, where 
a lot of our win contributed to a really depleted team. It was an amazing defensive performance from the Jazz, and that's really where it started. Um, the Hawks shot 18% from three, five for 28, and that is uh, one of the worst shooting nights you can have as a team, and that was probably a combination of them just being off from three versus our great wing defense on the game, but the really big standout is Trey Young, a player that is averaging a very good amount this season. He's averaging 23.2 points per game and 8.6 assists per game and is most likely going to be an all-star in the East. Only had four points and seven assists against us. He shot one for 11 from the field and that usually he attempts a lot more than 11 shots. So that was a, a great defensive performance from Royce and Conley. And the thing is, is you don't really see great defensive performances on the box score, on the stats, but when you're watching a game, you can really tell how a player is struggling against uh, certain team's players guarding him, and you could really tell in that game that Royce and Conley were both just driving Trey Young crazy with their ability to guard him. Um, yeah, it was a very good game on both sides of the ball, mostly the defensive side of the ball holding the Hawks to 92. We've been doing really well at holding teams under 100 this season, which is very difficult in today's NBA. So that's another thing that we can take from this week. And again, another great all-around performance for the Jazz. Donovan had 26, shooting 50% from the field and 60% from three. And then Conley with 15, Gobert with 15, Boyan with 17, Clarkson with 16, and then Niang again with 10, shooting two for six from three and four for eight from the field. So um, and then again, our guys got minutes at the end. So two games against um, pretty good Eastern teams that could end up making the playoffs. I know the Cavaliers were very depleted on their roster, but the Hawks were not. They were at basically full strength of the roster. I think they might have had one injury that they could not have somebody play. Rondo, wow, so Rajon Rondo for them played 19 minutes. 0.0 rebounds to assist so they just didn't really have that of effective of a game on offense and then of course if you're not playing well on offense the defense is going to slip so the defense is going to yeah slip up and let us get what we want Rudy had four blocks Mitchell had three steals Conley had four steals so just a really game a really great game where the Jazz made the opponent super uncomfortable on the offensive side of the ball and that's Really, the key when it comes to that side of the court is that the making teams uncomfortable and not giving them what they want. If we look past at the Jazz's losses, like against the Nets with Kyrie Irving or against the Knicks with Julius Randle, the Jazz really just made them comfortable and had them get what they wanted. And so that's something that I hope. And you can see that the Jazz took a look at and were like, okay, we need to be making opponents more uncomfortable. Uh, of what they can do efficiently on the offensive side, make them doubt their ability, and just that will lead to a better defensive performance than it has this week. So two re really great wins against Eastern teams, and then we finished off the week yesterday against Denver, and revenge sure is sweet, and it was a beautiful game to watch because... As this mountain high rivalry continues, it just feels better and better and more entertaining to play the Nuggets. And you can tell all the players on the court are taking it personally. Jamal Murray seems to play better against us because he knows it is the Utah Jazz. He knows that we are a team that are going to do the extra step to beat them every time. And it's just a great rivalry going. And we came out on top this time, 109-105. to 105. 
the Nuggets are absolutely awful this season in the fourth quarter and in clutch minutes. So you could definitely see that yesterday, but the Jazz just did what they had to do to win. Um, a great team win yesterday. The Nuggets defensively are playing really bad this season, and they did play pretty good defense against us, but as far as their roster goes, I think that they made some big mistakes this offseason, and it's not looking bright for them at all. So we have yesterday we had Jamal Murray and Jokic combined for 65 of their 105 points, and of course some basic math will tell you that the rest of the roster, the other eight guys who played yesterday for the Nuggets combined for 40 points and then Murray and Jokic combined for 65 points. So obviously they have some big roster issues and we just took advantage of of their issues there. So great win against Denver. It will always feel good to beat Denver for the rest of time. <laughs> and um, it was just a great win, you know. Um, Donovan didn't Nobody really particularly shot super great and had an amazing game offensively. Clarkson had a really good game with 23 points, 3 rebounds, and Donovan did clock in 7 assists along with his 18 points, but he shot 0 for 7 from 3, so he didn't connect at all from behind the arc. But again, when we aren't shooting well and we still win, it's just a great feeling because you can really see something we'll talk about more as the podcast go on go, goes on is the team chemistry and the just brotherhood that we are seeing on the jazz roster right now is really awesome and it's also awesome to see Maya Oni get some minutes with Ingles out and he obviously doesn't light up the stat board he didn't have a shot attempt but he is playing effective minutes on the floor he was plus seven as far as the plus minus goes where a lot of guys on our roster like Mitchell O'Neill Bogdanovich were all in the negative for the plus minus so you don't see it on the shot attempts on anything else he just had 12 minutes with two rebounds but if you look at the plus minus and if you're actually watching the games with the eye test you can tell that Maya Oni is an effective player on the court and he's he plays aggressive defensively he knows he has to work hard to get a spot and he knows that he has to establish his presence to be the next man up when somebody gets hurt for us such as um such as Ingles so it was really fun to watch and I'm watch him and I'm glad that we get an opportunity opportunity to see him gosh sorry <laughs> um forgot how to talk there for a sec so yeah not a great game offensively especially from the free throw line we only shot 50 percent 57 percent from the line which was not great and then they out rebounded us they had less turnovers than us and so if you look at all the percentages it would kind of see that Denver would have gotten the win here but again in the in the end they are just not playing well in the clutch and the rest of their roster did not pull through for Murray and Jokic so other than Murray and Jokic their roster just needs to be looked at hard by their front office and be able to take advantage of two great players because there's not many guard center combinations that are better than Jokic and Murray and combining for 65 is something that you know Donovan and Rudy haven't done this season so it really goes to show that it is a basketball is a team game and everyone on the court has to show up to be able to pull a win out so that's what we did and that's what they failed to do so that was a great win against Denver so if we look at these three games for the Jazz and these 
three wins as well as ex- this week we extended to a five-game winning streak, putting us as the third best team in the West right now. I wouldn't say as far as rankings go, we are the third best team in the West. I would probably put Phoenix above us. Just We're just ahead of them because they haven't been able to play games this season. They've had two games post three games postponed as we've only had one so they're seven and four and we're nine and four so i'd probably put the jazz as the fourth best team in the west right now but there's definitely room for improvement and when we look at this five game winning streak something that we see in common is just the whole team playing with chemistry and we've seen this time and time again in in basketball that chemistry is huge and the team has to play as a team in order to be consistently a winning team so you can just see it in the jazz and you can see this non-verbal chemistry and you can see through their play style that they are there to win as a team everyone that steps on the court for the utah jazz is there to contribute towards a win and there's no selfishness there's no interest in self accolades rudy isn't playing for defensive player of the year donovan isn't playing for an all-star nod clarkson isn't playing for sixth man of the year we are playing as an eight nine man roster to win every basketball game possible and i just love to see it i'm so glad i'm a fan of this team because it's amazing to see that kind of chemistry and it's a rare thing in the nba you don't see many teams playing like that i mean the lakers have a great chemistry um any team lebron goes to usually has a great chemistry with everyone but if we look at the clippers i mean they're playing really well we beat them the one time we played them this season which may come in to a may come into a big may become a big factor as um the standings come down to the playoffs towards the end of the season and so but again, when you look at them, they don't really have this kind of chemistry. Lou Williams isn't playing like he should be. Um, Kawhi and Paul George, they aren't really, you don't really see them as a brother, as brothers, as a brotherhood. And I just think that's something you see with the Jazz. I think Phoenix has great chemistry, but with Portland, you, other than CJ and Lillard, you don't really see a lot of that chemistry. And as we go down the list, we can name all the teams that we don't really see that. So I think it's awesome that the Jazz have that. I'm glad that that's something we have found as one of our strengths. And so I am just glad that that's something that we've developed. And it's something that you can definitely see every time we step on the court. So in the past, the past two podcast episodes, I have been very critical of George Niang and... Um, uh, the whole Jazz fan base has because he didn't start the season off well at all. But Niang is back. He's bounced back. I'm glad Snyder trusted in him. Um, let's look at his stats for this week's game. So against the Cavaliers, he had 14 points and 5 rebounds, shooting 6 for 11 from the field and 2 for 4 from 3. That was definitely his bounce back game. Is He was shooting awful from 3, 0 for 4, 1 for 5, 1 for 6. And so... You know, it was just really great to see him get back in his groove in that game. And so I wasn't exactly like, oh, Niang's back. He's going to average 15 points now. But it, it was a great game to come back. And then against Atlanta, he had 10 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, shooting 2 for 3 from 6 and 4 for 8 from the field. So 
a little bit less of a uh, efficient performance, only 10 points versus 11, but another great game from him, and he had plus 12 on the plus minus, which was a really great plus minus, higher than Clarkson, higher than Oni, higher than Favors, so I just really like that plus minus stat to look at how effective a player's been on the court, and Niang was very effective on the court, and then against Denver, he had 11 points, 3 rebounds, shooting 2 for 3 from beyond the 3-point line, so Yang's back. He's going to have effective minutes off the bench. He is going to be a guy we can trust if Donovan or Conley or somebody kicks it out to him from three. We can trust him to hit it a majority of the time, which just means 51% or higher, which he is around that mark as far as the last three games go. And so I'm glad he's back, and it's exciting to see him back, especially with Ingles out because Oni has the ability to shoot from the on the arc, but it's definitely not a strength of his. So with Ingles out, Niang definitely needs to produce um, from beyond that line, make up for what we've lost with Ingles out these last couple games. So George Niang is back. I'm glad that Snyder trusted him as long as far as he was just in a slump. Keep him in games, and he will get back to that efficient three-point shooting. So it was. it's a great thing to have him back. I'm glad he's back. Um... As far as our bench goes, which includes Niang, it is an opposite story from last season. And, man, Jordan Clarkson, have the Jazz produced a better trade in franchise history? I do not know, because that was an amazing trade. And I just think that that will be a trade we look back on as something that is so amazing for the Jazz. And... I just think that he is going to win six man of the year this year if he keeps this up. I don't see how he couldn't. And he has just been amazing. He's averaged, um, let's see here, the last couple games, uh, he's been up in the 20s. I think it's been, it's 19 and a half for the season for sure. So let's see here. Um, okay, Jordan Clarkson. He, yeah, averaging 19.5 for the season. He had 23 yesterday. And I think the last three games he's averaging like 23, like he had yesterday. So he had 23 against Denver. And he had 16 against Atlanta. So that's kind of where it fell. And then against Cleveland, he had 21 so he's averaging yeah 19 and a half I think same as the season same as last three games but coming off the bench he's just such a great microwave player and just such an efficient offensive player someone we can trust if the rest of our team is kind of in a slump to produce some kind of offensive points and rhythm so and then Derek Favors off the bench is playing great as well so if we look at our bench at the beginning of last season versus the beginning of this season it's gone from the worst bench in the league to an amazing bench and a bench that really comes out and saves us some nights, especially with Clarkson. I mean, he was our leading scorer yesterday with 23, and he also had two steals, and so he just had a really great game. Um, yeah, favors Clarkson, Niang, Oni's playing minutes with Ingles out, but when Joe is in, he's playing efficient as well. So our bench is just such an efficient bench, an exciting bench, and you see on some NBA teams that you can't play some players with each other, but you could really put 
almost any lineup out there for the Jazz, and they are going to be an effective team on both sides of the ball. Of course, we'd have to have Rudy or Favors in to be effective on the defensive side, but it's not like we're putting out an all-guard lineup. Gobert or Favors will always be on the court for us. So other than that center position, you can really see any four guys, guards, forwards out there, and we can be a very effective team. So I think that's something unique about the Jazz, and you can't really say about any a lot of teams in the NBA, maybe a couple, a handful of others, but not many. So, yeah, as far as the bench goes, it, they've been playing great. And then as far as Mike Conley goes, we've talked about him in the past and that he's back to his past form, and he really is. He's been playing amazing this season. He's averaging 17 points per game and six assists, and the six assists are what really – pop out to me and he's just had some amazing games this season as far as assists go um yeah he's just a guy that you want to have on the court he's almost always our highest plus minus box scorer he played great defense against trey young trey young in the atlanta game and he's just a, a very high iq player very experienced player in the nba and when he's on the court the jazz are almost always playing effective on both sides of the ball so i'm glad mike conley is back in his groove and he has continued a great play and i would say pretty much everybody is playing to how they should be playing other than on the offensive side of the ball Gobert has been a little bit off, but defensively, he is back in that defensive player of the year mode. He had a great game against Jokic, and he has been playing great. The only thing I would say, and this was a struggle for everyone in the game against Denver, is the free throws. He shot 7 for 13 against Denver, which is just something we've talked about, and it's kind of up and down, but he's he's played some great basketball. He this season he's only averaging 12 points and 13 13 rebounds and usually we see him up at that 15 and 15 mark. So he's kind of underachieved as far as this season goes from a statistical point, but defensively he has played great and he is contributing to a really great Jazz defense. So now before we preview this week's games, um I just kind of want to go over some stat rankings as far as the jazz go this season i'm on teamrankings.com right now and that's where all these stats are coming from so i just kind of wanted to go down the list and see any categories that interest me that i think the jazz um could be really effective at and then we can might be, might be able to look at some that the jazz aren't doing as great at so first of all i kind of just wanted to go through the quarters and see the Jazz's quarter points per game so as far as first quarter points per game go the Jazz are 14th so that's going to be average yeah that's going to be average averaging 28 points in the first quarter and then as far as second quarter points go we are let's see here towards the bottom so we're 24th and second quarter points and as we look at these offensive categories the Jazz are going to be in the lower half because defense is kind of where our wins have come from recently and then in the third quarter we're eighth so the eighth best team in the NBA on third quarter and what you can see from that being 14th in first quarter and 24th in second quarter is the Jazz and the genius of Quinn Snyder really know how to make adjustments from halftime what they aren't doing well 
on the offensive side of the ball and then just run with it. So eighth best team in three point, uh, three in three third quarter points per game. Sorry, and so just really great adjustment. And then if we look at the fourth quarter, the Jazz have been pretty clutch in games this season. It might take a little bit of a dip because some games we have just put our bench guys out there and the guys that don't play because we've been able to. So as far as fourth quarter goes, the Jazz are 13th. So as the Jazz running away with the game in the third quarter, and I think it's great to come out of the half like that. And now we can just look at um, points per half. So the Jazz are averaging in first half points per game. The Jazz are going to be the 21st in the NBA on that, only averaging 54.5 points in the first half of each game. So 20, 21st team in first half points per game. And then if we look at the third it's or the second half, it's probably going to be somewhere in the teens much better. Seventh. So the seventh best team in the second half. And again, that just shows how great of an adjustment the Jazz are making. Mitchell has always kind of been a second half player and so that doesn't surprise me that we're better in the second half and the first half of the season we definitely started games off slow so that's as far as quarters and halves go of the jazz have been as, as the jazz have performed um let's see here what else could we look at so we could also look at margins which is kind of going to tell us the same story between half and quarter the difference between our opponent so let's look at some three point stats because that is something that we have that we are very strong at so we score an average of 48 and a half of our points from three pointers which is a very high number it's fourth in the nba and this again just shows like we've said in the past the jazz really rely on the three so toronto is first with 49.2 of their points coming from three and then portland and milwaukee are tied for 48.9 and then we're 48 and a half so we're just up there in that first spot second third spot with our points coming from three point from beyond the arc so we are a great three-point shooting team and we'll kind of look at um our efficiency from three and everything so if we continue looking at the scoring stats we can look at percentage of points shooting so let's look at our team's three-point shooting percentage here and how it ranks compared to the rest of the nba so we're fourth in three-point shooting percentage we are at 39.7 which is really good and i knew we'd be up there in the top five um the clippers are first with 44 percent and then milwaukee which is insane an insane three-point percentage 44 percent from the clippers that's crazy. I didn't know they were shooting that well from three. I think they just don't attempt as many as most teams do. That might be the reasoning. And then Milwaukee has 41.1. Brooklyn has 39.8. We have 39.7. And then the Lakers are 39.6. So we're just up there in the top five um, range as far as teams that for three-point percentage. What else can we look at here? Um, we could look at rebounding. We are a pretty good rebounding team. The offensive rebounding isn't amazing. Let's look at our defense because that's really where the Jazz thrive is defense. And if we look at our opponent point per game, a point opponent's three-point percentage, other stuff like that, then we are probably going to see the Jazz at a pretty high, high ranking there. So opponent points per game, the Jazz are holding 
uh, other teams to 105.4 points a game, which is fourth best in the NBA. So if we look at the balance of defense and offense on the Jazz, it's the only other team that is in that same ranking as far as balance on offense and defense is the Lakers. Of course, I think they're the best, maybe second best team in the NBA. Now with Brooklyn, we'll have to see how they play out. They're on fire right now with Harden. So other than the Lakers, the Jazz are the most balanced team in the NBA right now. And the way they're playing is extremely balanced. Phoenix has also been playing pretty balanced, but you know, top five in opponent points per game. And then as far as our points per game go, we can take a look. I think it might be top 10. We'll see. Points per game. The Jazz are 16th. So pretty average in points per game, but keeping the opponents at 105.6 and us scoring 110.5, I think it was. So we could probably look at the margin. Yeah, average scoring margin. The Jazz are fifth best, so we're at a plus 5.2, which is a very good stat. And that's a really good stat to look at, is the the margin that the Jazz are keeping opponents to. As far as the last three games, we're plus 19.3, which is third best in the NBA. The only other teams that are better than that are the Clippers and the Lakers in their last three games. So um, just a really... I, I really like that stat, and that's a stat I've always looked at as a good telling as how good of a team you are. So, so far, I think the Jazz are probably a top-five team in the NBA. A lot of uh, media and stuff's putting them about seventh-best, so I would say around that mark, fifth-best, seventh-best, something like that. So, let's look at other opponent things. We have, let's see here. Is there anything else we could look at? We could look at blocks and steals. So, blocks per game, the Jazz are 7th best, which is pretty good. And blocks and steals are an interesting stat because, of course, they're important, but not every... You don't have to have a lot of blocks and steals to win, if you know what I mean. You have to have... You have to shoot effectively to win. You have to have, like good defense to win but blocks and a lot of blocks and steals don't exactly mean a great defense as far as steals go the jazz are super low yeah we're second to last in steals but phoenix is last and the lakers are 24th so like i said steals don't really matter that much and that's something that you can look at as really good memphis is first in steals and they're a pretty average team so far they played really good without john morant but um let's look at opponent assists and turnovers so let's look at the ratio here. So the assist per turnover ratio, like I said, is how many assists is a team scoring per turnover. So the Jazz are pretty low as far as the assist to turnover ratio goes for their opponents. So the, their opponents aren't turning the ball over a lot. And the Jazz don't exactly cause that many turnovers, but they do cause a lot of missed shots. So if we look at the opponent... Let's see here, scoring defense, opponent's floor percentage, opponent's for defensive efficiency we can look at as well. So if we look at defensive efficiency, we're sixth in the league. Um, let's look at opponent's field goal percentage because, like I said, we're not causing turnovers, we're causing more missed shots. Opponent's 
So let's see here. Opponent floor percentage. Here we go. So we are seventh best on average. Our opponents are only shooting 47.4 from the field and 44.2 in the last three games. So um, compared to last year where the whole year um, our opponents shot 49.4 from the field, now they're shooting 47.4. So, so far our defense has improved from last year. Wow, the Sacramento Kings are pretty much last in every defensive category. That's kind of been their story the past couple years. Um, we could also look at our shooting defense. Okay, here we go. Opponent shooting percentage. Okay, so we are first in the league in the opposing team's shooting percentage. And that's what I expect from the Jazz. That makes me happy to see that. We're right up there with we're at 43.6, and Golden State is 8 with 44.6. So only a 1% difference in the top 8 people as far as percentages go for their opponent shooting. So the Jazz just create missed baskets, and you don't see that on a regular box score because it only shows plus minus steals and blocks. But the Jazz are the best team in opponent shooting field goal percentage. They cause missed shots, and this starts with what I think is the best defensive center in the league, Rudy Gobert. He has a presence on the court that if you just watch a Jazz game, you can see it so clearly. And you can see it here on the box score. Um, if you look into advanced analytics, the Jazz are causing teams to miss more than any other team in the league. So at 43.6%, Jazz are one of the best defense in the league, and that starts with Rudy Go Rudy, and he could be a defensive player of the year this year. I don't see why he wouldn't be in the running in that so far. Um, let's see here. We could also look at... I wanted to look at three-point percentage as our last stat to look at. Opponent's three-point percentage against us teams we are sixth best and teams are shooting 35 percent from the field so first in regular field goal percentage and then as far as three three point field goal percentage we are sixth best so defense is playing great everywhere in the court and the key on the wing it's been a, a very efficient defense especially as of late so I think that's all the stats we're going to look at. This is something I'll do from time to time as I see the Jazz maybe go on a win streak or a losing streak to see kind of the difference between our stats, our advanced stats, from wins and losses just to see if the wins are effective and if, you know, the losses are something that we should really be worried about because sometimes you don't exactly celebrate wins and sometimes you don't mourn over losses because some wins can be ugly and you can come away thinking and eh, we shouldn't have played that way even though we won we can look back uh, about almost a month ago three weeks ago at the jazz's thunder game which we only won 110-109 against a team that's average this season and we should have won by a lot more than one so i came out of that game thinking i don't think the jazz have solved a lot of their problems and they hadn't because then they lost to the suns later that week so and then there's losses that you can come out of and think, okay, the Jazz played pretty decent in that, and we can celebrate that because it was an improvement from the last games we've played. That hasn't happened yet this season. 
but let's say the Jazz keep winning this week, and we'll talk about it, and then, like, we lose to somebody close, and then we beat them the next time we play them, or it's just a hiccup. So not every win is something to celebrate, and not every loss is something to mourn. And I think uh, percentages and the advanced stats are something that you can really look at more in depth than wins on just the win-loss column. So, the Jazz are playing great, and the stats show it, the win-loss column shows it, and I love watching them. I'm back when we were we lost to the Knicks and the Nets, I wasn't obviously sad to watch the Jazz, but I was, excuse me, I was kind of mourning and stressing over watching Jazz games versus just celebrating them, but every day I'm just checking when's the next Jazz game, when's the next time we can dominate someone, when's the next time... I can see the team chemistry, and it just makes me excited to be on this five-game win streak, and we look to extend it to eight wins this week. As we look ahead, we have our first double header of the season, and this is something that the NBA is doing to reduce travel, and that is playing um, the same team twice, two games in a row, in the same location. So after coming home from the road trip that was cut short from the Washington delay, we are now on a home trip, as you would call it, playing seven games, six games at home this these next two weeks. So this week we're going to be playing the New Orleans Pelicans on Tuesday and Thursday, both at home. And these are going to be really great games. The Pelicans are a really great team. Zion just had 31 points yesterday, so he is kind of becoming closer I wouldn't say he's there to what we expect out of him as NBA fans and so I think these games are going to be great um, playing the Pelicans twice the Jazz against the Pelicans are always fun games I know that last year we had a really intense game where Rudy got a block on Brandon Ingram to end the game where he could have hit a game winner on us and um so that was an intense game, and then I think they came around the next um, game, and Brandon Ingram had a really game, great game, and they beat us. So I'm just going to look back on the Pelicans games from last season to see. I think we beat them twice, and they beat us once. So let's see here. New Orleans. Pel so yeah, nope. so we won one one twenty eight to one twenty early in the season. Um, that was at home on November 23rd, so that was a really great game. And then, let's see that game. Let's see how well the Jazz did that game. Maybe not. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Here we go, box score, sorry. Okay, here we go. Um, the... Okay, yeah, so we... Wow, we dominated them the first half. We were up 74-54 to 54 at the half, so they kind of almost came back. Mitchell had 37. Sweet. So that was a really great game. And then I think we beat them again, or they beat us later in the season. Let's see here. Okay, so then that this was the game on January 6th where we beat them by two because Rudy had a block on Brandon Ingram, which was kind of controversial. He thought it was a foul. There was some argument, but it ended as a as a block, 
and we run the game with great defense from Rudy, and then, yeah, we lost them in overtime uh, just a week later, so they definitely came back with a vengeance. But these games are always entertaining because the Pelicans have a super entertaining roster. They've got Lonzo Ball, who is day-to-day right now, but he's a player that can sometimes perform well and then sometimes not. So let's just take a look at their roster. I know they've Zion, obviously, is a dominant player that could go off for a lot, and... Um, so they right now are 12th in the West. They've come off on a slow start, starting five for seven, and they were on a five-game losing streak before they beat the Kings yesterday. So they've had some pretty ugly games, but it is definitely not a team that the Jazz should play lazily and the Jazz should lay back on because they have the potential to be... A very effective team on both sides of the ball. I know defensively they have kind of yet to figure things out, um, but they're a very great team. Let's look at their roster a little bit. Let's see here. New Orleans, Pelicans. Since we're playing them twice a week, it's, it's good to dive deep into what they're doing. Let's see here. So the roster for the Pelicans, uh, I know a lot of their players, obviously, because we have Redick, we have Zion, we have Brandon Ingram, who's amazing. So at starting center, they have Steven Adams, and then usually at starting point guard, they have Lonzo, but he's day-to-day, so I don't know what his status will be this week. And then Ingram at forward, um, I think they want, and then Williamson at power forward, I think they should start Redick. But right now they're starting Eric Bledsoe at the guard position. So um, we'll see what they do. They definitely need to adjust because they haven't been playing amazing. Um, I would say this is um, Favor's return against his team. But the Jazz are his team, like, for life. He only played for the Pelicans once last season before we got him back. So, um I mean, he did play for them last season. Obviously, he knows some of these players. They didn't have an amazing season. Favors didn't have a, you know, great season, but he was effective for them. So it'll be fun for him to see some of those guys that he played with last season again. But this team, with the combination of Brandon Ingram, who always seems to play pretty pretty well against us, I know we'll have Royce on him, so that should be a really good game. He... Those long, lanky, scrappy forwards always have a pretty good game against Rudy, so we'll see what Rudy can do to adjust against Ingram. And then Zion, of course, is just a force to be reckoned with, and he's someone that you have to play hard. He's somebody that you have to kind of wear out as the game goes on, and so th- this this is going to be a great two-game two game stand against the Pelicans. Um it's interesting when you play a game twice and play a team twice in a row because we've done it before. We did it against Minnesota last season. I remember I th- think we lost both, which was awful. Maybe won one and lost one. I can't remember, but um, it's going to be interesting because if we end up winning tomorrow, they are going to be making a lot of adjustments on Wednesday for the Thursday game. Vice versa if we lose tomorrow. So it's just about playing consistent and not treating it not exactly treating it like the same team twice in a row treating it as two separate games two separate stands which it is of course but I'm trying to communicate what I mean effectively if you guys get what I mean it's kind of 
you can't since if you win one you can't play them the same exact way the next game because they're going to make adjustments and if you lose one you can't play the same exact way because the way you played before you lost so i obviously i hope we can sweep them they haven't been playing very efficient but they're coming off a very great zion performance and a win against sacramento so hopefully we can sweep them i could see us losing one and winning one because it always seems like brandon ingram has a pretty efficient game against us and it if Zion can continue his play from the Kings game, he's going to have a very dominant performance. So after this um, five-game streak, I could see us falling short tomorrow and then winning Thursday. But I would say with the way we're playing right now, the chemistry, the defense, we're going to sweep the Pelicans at home. They're both going to be really great home games. I was playing in Utah. wish that tickets were cheaper and COVID did not exist so I could go to one. <laughs> but... It does, and it's sad, but it is reality. Um, and then on Saturday, we are playing against the Warriors, and that is going to be another really great game. Um, Golden State has kind kind of started off slow, but they have raised their record to 6-6, six and six, so they are playing a little bit better. Steph has had some really great games, but as far as a team goes, they really need to figure out their starting roster. And Kelly Oubre hasn't turned into what he, they expected out of him. Um, Wiggins is playing really well. But um, it just needs to be... They just need to be... Um, they have to figure out their starting roster. <laughs> I was trying to think of something else to say, but that's really it. Um, for them is that they need to figure out the best players to put around Steph and Draymond. And Draymond Green is a player that I very much dislike, but I can't disrespect his game. He is a pretty great defensive player. I don't know if he deserves his Defensive Player of the Year awards because I think he was a little overrated at that time. But right now they're the eighth seed. They're 6-6. Six and six, And Steph Curry is one of the best players in the NBA still. He has had amazing games this season. He dropped a 50-piece or 60-piece earlier this season. And so he's had some really great games, and Saturday could be one of those games against us in Utah that he could have. So the key to that game, I would say, is definitely slowing down Curry and stopping them from getting on runs because they are one of the most dangerous teams if they can catch fire and go on runs. The Clippers were up 20 or 25 on them about a week ago, and the uh, Warriors just went on a huge run and completely erase that lead and that's something the jazz are susceptible to so i could see all three games this week being very close very great west teams that we should beat i'm going to say the jazz go two and one this week probably losing one to the pelicans i mean we play them twice so odds are one of them is to them but could sweep new orleans and fall short against golden state so hopefully the jazz uh sweep this week i'm going to predict two and one as kind of a safety net but there's no reason why we shouldn't um, be 12 and four at the end of this week, which would be a really great record. One of our, we've had a really great start of the season. A lot of seasons we come out average, but we're nine and four so far. So some really great games this week. Um, only three games this week: um, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. Playing all at home, so no travel involved. It'll be some nice rest for our guys after being on that road trip. Um, two exhausting losses early on, but. We're in a great spot as a as a team, as the Utah Jazz. They're in a 
great spot, the five-game winning streak. Everyone seems to be rolling and um, playing not exactly to their full potential, but to where we need them to play to be able to win. And there's obvious room for improvement. Um, the There were a lot of alarming things in the Denver game, even though we came out with the win. The rebounds were pretty atrocious, um, so that's something to clean up. And then... Um, as far as keeping teams from going on run, game of runs, we hear that every day, time and time again, it's a game of runs. But it's something that you have to reduce if you want to be more successful is runs. So that can start with a guy like Jordan Clarkson coming in and reducing the team's offensive dominance or a big block from Rudy, Rudy knocking somebody down to really um, just reduce that pace, that flow, that momentum. So I think that's something we struggle with, but it is on the upward trend as far as um, teams going on runs. So should be a great week of jazz basketball. Um, I'm excited to see. I love Pelicans games. As a New Orleans Saints fan, I do know uh, quite a few New Orleans Pelicans fans, and they've been a little frustrated this season. And, of course, now they're frustrated with the Saints loss yesterday and uh, Drew Brees' last game for all those of you that follow along with the NFL Drew Brees, one of the most legendary quarterbacks ever, is 99.9% chance of retiring um, in the next couple weeks. So, pretty sad, pretty sad thing for any NFL fans or New Orleans Saints fans as we're playing the Pelicans this week. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a great week and excited to watch games. Um, yeah, you guys can go ahead and follow the instagram page at utah.jazzweekly and go ahead and share that page if you'd like if you have other people you think that would enjoy listening to the podcast um go ahead and leave a rate and review on the podcast if you are enjoying what you guys are hearing and that is going to be all from me this week thanks for tuning in for some utah jazz talk for the week this is definitely a high point of the week for me and something that i always look forward to doing Go Jazz, let's extend that win streak to 8 this week, and hopefully I can come back and we're talking about a 12-4 and four dominant 2nd or 3rd place West team that is rolling and playing better as good than any other team in the NBA, so that's going to be about it for me today, guys. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and go Jazz, let's, let's continue this streak. So, I will see you guys next week, have a good one, see you later.